Hello VO, episode number three. Welcome to the Hello VO podcast, plain and simple basics to get you started in the voiceover industry with masterclass instructor and voiceover actor, Lisa Foster. Welcome everybody. Welcome. Good to have you here. I'm having a really good day here in Seattle. I'm also very excited because I had a great week in voiceovers. I taught a masterclass with a great group of students where we talked about advanced voiceover technique. We had a wonderful time. They were all super sharp and we had a lot of fun together. We laughed a lot. And I also was signed to a project that I had to sign a an NDA for that I won't even be able to talk about till next year. That's how far out this project is. NDA, non-disclosure agreement. But I'm very excited about this voiceover project and will be able to unveil it to you when I am legally allowed to do so. So today, I wanted to get into some of the equipment that you're going to need to be able to do voiceovers. Now, I have talked about what the four elements of being a voiceover talent uh, is. These are the four basics. Uh, the first thing is coaching. We talked a lot about coaching and vo voice development, vocal development in one of the previous episodes. That's really, really important. The second piece of it is when we talk about uh, recording abilities, recording capabilities, and that's recording equipment. Now, I, I always say most people think the first thing they need to do to become a voiceover talent is to run out and buy a microphone. I'm going to be a voiceover talent. I'm going to run out and buy a microphone. <laughs> and you do need a microphone eventually, but that's not the first thing you need. First thing you need is to learn how to do the job. But yeah, you're right. You do need a microphone. And not all microphones are created equal. And oftentimes people run out and spend money on things they don't even know anything about. So they're sort of just wasting their money if they don't have any background on what it is they need to get. So it's important to understand that one of the jobs that we have as voiceover talents is to be able to render broadcast quality audio, broadcast quality audio. Now, a USB mic, which is a microphone that connects directly to your laptop and or your desktop computer, is not broadcast quality. It is podcast quality, uh, digital quality, Facebook quality, YouTube quality, but it is not broadcast quality. When we start to talk about the level of audio superiority that you need in terrestrial radio and television, when you start to think about commercials and promos and those things that air on those types of platforms, it's a whole different level of audio. So you want to be able to play with the big boys and have broadcast quality audio. This is also a good time to mention that you cannot do voiceovers on your phone <laughs> or or your tablet, which let's face it, that's just a big giant phone. Your tablet's a, a giant phone. You must have a laptop or a desktop computer, a hard drive. Now, I understand that technology moves very quickly. You may be listening to this podcast in the future when things have changed. 
It is no longer a requirement to have a laptop or a desktop. But right now, today, that is something you must have in order to help facilitate your ability to render broadcast quality audio. Here's the good news about this. First of all, recording equipment is pretty affordable. It's come a long way since I started voiceovers in terms of being affordable, as I just said. I mean, you're not going to spend a million dollars to get good quality audio equipment. And the second piece of, of good news is the fact that you pretty much can do voiceovers anywhere, pretty much. Not 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 really anywhere, but almost anywhere. So I'll talk about the setup today, and I will also talk about how you set it up, where to set it up, what to think about it for your recording environment. And I'll, I'll share a couple of stories about places that I have actually been forced to record a voiceover on my travel studio that I have and I take with me. Now, some of you already know that I teach voiceovers and I often travel and stay in a hotel to go teach workshops and master classes. And I still have to get my clients' projects completed while I'm on the road. They often can't wait for me to get back to my studio here in Seattle, Washington. So I have a travel studio that I take with me so that I can complete those projects in the hotel room. So I'll I'll talk a little bit about um, the creativity that goes into figuring out where to record when you are not in your actual home studio. And uh, again, you don't need to go to too much trouble in setting up or building. Like sometimes people feel like, oh my gosh, I have to build a home studio and I have to soundproof my house. And I'll get into all of those things. Those things are not necessarily uh, something you need to fuss with. But let's start off with the basics of home studio recording. Oh, and one other thing I want to mention too is your responsibility is to get a clean, dry voice track to your voiceover client. You're not responsible for doing any audio engineering. When what I mean by that is mixing down 16, 20 audio tracks into one final track, adding music, segues, uh, layering in sound effects, uh, roll-off, EQ, compression, all of these fancy things that audio engineers do on finished projects. I want you to think about this like a cake. (laughs) That's making me hungry. But think about it like a cake. There are a lot of ingredients that go into a cake. And then you pull it out of the oven and it's done. Same thing with a voiceover project. Let's take a commercial, for example. The ingredients that go into a fully produced commercial that you hear on radio or on, on TV involve lots of ingredients. There's the writer. Somebody's got to write the content. They've got to write the script. The editor has to edit the script to make sure everything is correct. There's a director that directs everybody. There's an engineer that's actually doing uh, the mixing of the audio. Uh, Somebody is making decisions about the music. You've got to get the music talent in. You've got to get the voice talent in. And again, the writing talent, directing talent, engineering talent. A lot of different 
ingredients. So as the voice talent, you're just the eggs in the cake. And I, I think that's good news for a lot of folks who, who are like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this, this piece of this handled here. How, how, do, I, how do I do the, the engineering of it? That's not your job. That's not your job. I want you to set up a good quality voice recording setup, home studio recording setup that makes you sound awesome. And that's the only thing you need to worry about unless you want to learn advanced audio engineering. And if a client asks you, hey, can you add music onto this? Can you do some fancy stuff on it? If you want to learn that stuff, great. But charge them for that specific service. That is another line on my invoice when I provide that service for a client. But most of the time, all they're looking for is the actual dry voice track. Okay. So I don't want you to worry too much about that. And I'll I'll get into another podcast where we talk a little more about uh, some editing, recording and editing tips here. But today I just want to talk about your basic setup so that you can understand what goes into having good broadcast quality audio. All right. So we've established that a USB mic for now, maybe someday in the future, they will be fine. But from where I sit, they're not fine for everything. So do yourself a favor and and don't spend money on a USB mic. There's lots of good ones out there. People use great, great USB mics like Snowball mics are really good for podcasting or YouTubing. And they've got a really nice, clear quality. But again, you've got to level up when you're getting up into the broadcast arena of radio and television. All right, so there's only a few things that you need to put together. The first thing you're going to need is a condenser mic, a condenser mic. A couple of types of mics out there, a dynamic mic and a condenser mic. Now, I'm not terribly well-versed on uh, the differences between these mics because I'm not a huge engineering gearhead. (laughs) Um, But I do know enough to know that condenser mics are better suited for booth recording in terms of uh, spoken word audio. So a condenser mic is what you're after. There are some dynamic mics that are fine if you already have a dynamic mic. Like I'm trying to think of the first mic I had, which was uh, uh, an SM. Wait, yeah, it was a Shure, S-H-U-R-E, Shure SM57, I believe, or SM58. I can't remember which one it was. One of them's one of them's well suited for female voices and one of them's well suited for male voices. And that's a dynamic mic and it did its job and it was fine. And I got it on eBay. I got a little used SM SM58 57 on eBay and it was fine. Uh I then leveled up to a nice condenser mic down the road and I've I've had several of them and I'm not really here to to give you any uh, or to promote any brands. I just want you to find a good condenser mic. There are a lot of good ones out there. The second thing that you need to realize is that com- that that actual microphone again will not be connected to your computer with a USB mic. I want you to think about the cord that's going to run from your microphone. It is called an XLR cable. XLR cable. So, your microphone gets plugged into this cord, an XLR cord, and then that gets run into what's called an audio interface. 
audio interface. It's just a little magic box. Um, it's it's smaller than a loaf of bread. It's just a little box. And that does the processing for you and makes you sound real good. There, there you go. It makes you sound real good. That box is what gets connected to your laptop or your desktop with a USB uh, cord. Now, if you're if you're saying to yourself, well, didn't you just say not to use a USB? What I meant to say was don't have a microphone connected directly via USB to your computer. And the reason is you'll be recording through your sound card in your computer if you do that. And your sound card is probably not, most likely not broadcast quality. So make sure that you run it through the interface, audio interface. It's It does exactly what it says it does. It interfaces between your microphone and your computer. It's a little bridge. And that's what's processing the audio. Okay, so condenser mic, XLR cable, goes to the audio interface, USB cord from the audio interface to your computer. The next thing you're going to need is you're going to want to have a microphone stand. And I get a lot of questions on this. Should I sit? Should I get a desktop stand? Should I get a floor stand? My answer to my students is always, what are you most comfortable with? I have a floor microphone stand because sometimes I like to stand up while I'm voicing. And I also have a desktop stand. I'm using it right now to record this podcast. Uh, I I sit often to do my recordings. But if you're more comfortable doing, uh, doing it standing up, then get a, a standing uh, microphone stand. The key here is doesn't matter which one of those you get or which one of those you employ in your recordings. The key is just don't hold your microphone with your hands. <laughs> you don't want to hold the microphone with your hands, and I'll tell you why. First of all, you want your hands free to be able to gesture. Gesturing helps you do voiceovers better when you're able. Have you ever tried to explain something and not use your hands? It's easier. <laughs> it's easier when you're. I'm using my hands right now explaining this. Um, the other reason you don't want to hold your mic is you can hear it, my good microphones are very sensitive and you can hear the you can hear your hands sliding around. So I'm just gonna rub the mic here. You can probably hear that. I'm just touching it and rubbing it. You're never gonna be able to edit that noise out of your recording. So you don't want to hold your mic. They're often way too sensitive and will respond to any noise, anything touching them. That's going to be picked up in your recording. So get a mic stand. The next thing that you're going to need is what's called a pop filter, that or a wind screen. You'll hear uh, you'll hear hear those two terms uh, used interchangeably: a wind screen or a pop filter. And what this is is it's a little it's a little piece of of netting that goes in front of your it it goes between your mouth and the microphone. So think of it as a barrier between your lips and the actual microphone. The reason we employ these little pieces of equipment is to help soften what's called plosives. And plosives are when words who words that have lots of air that are forced out of our lips hits the microphone, it can create what's called a pop. And um, here, I'm going to take my screen off here. And I'm going to say... 
a word that starts with a P. <laughs> well, there you go. I just popped. There's a pop right there. It's popping. You hear that? And now that I have, I put this on, which is a wind sock. And that's softening it a little bit, but I've also got a wind screen. It's a circle with some fabric on it. And now my peas are softened. There's no puffs of air coming through my recording. Now, again, you can fix almost anything, almost, <laughs> almost anything in post. And what that phrase means is when you hear somebody go, ah, we'll just fix it in post, that means, ah, we're not going to redo the line. We're not going to re-record it. We'll fix it and manipulate the audio some way. And you can fix plosives to some degree in post. It's not easy to do. So I always recommend get a good pop filter so that you don't have to mess with it once you get into the edit bay. Once you go through and edit your recordings, you you want to edit out mouth noise and and pops and all that clicks and that sort of thing. And I'll get into that in, in another episode, but for now we'll focus on the actual equipment. Okay, so pop filter. Um, and then you're going to want to get good studio quality headphones. Now I often have students say, well, what do I need headphones for? I'm sitting right there. I can hear myself. And I say, that's exactly why. Because you're hearing yourself in a way that the rest of the world is not hearing you. And I want you to hear yourself the way the rest of the world hears you. Now, consider this. How many people have you ever talked to, or or yourself maybe? You may be one of these people that said, oh, I just do not like the way I sound when I'm, I don't like my voice. I hear my voice recorded and I hate it. Doesn't sound like me. And I always laugh and go, well, <laughs> it actually sounds exactly like you. You are the only person in the entire world who thinks you sound the way you think you sound. Because nobody is going to crawl inside your head and hear how you think you sound from inside your head. And that's exactly what happens when you're talking. All of the vibrations, all of the air all of those things add up to how, why you think you sound the way you do inside of your head. And then when you take that away and you hear yourself from outside of your head, that's the real you. That's what everybody else in the whole word, world hears. So it's important for you to hear what the rest of the world hears. If you're going to be very closely associated and familiar with your own product, your voice, you better hear it how it really sounds and not how you think it sounds. So wear headphones. Headphones are an important piece of making sure you're hearing the way the rest of the world is. Now, it might be a little disorienting at first to be wearing headphones while you're recording. And the key to that is just take one earphone off your ear and leave the other one on. That way you're getting sort of a mix of hearing yourself inside your head and hearing yourself outside of your head. And then eventually you'll, you'll get used to actually wearing headphones uh, on both ears. And I'll tell you this, it'll be very helpful for you too to get used to them because occasionally you may have what we call an in-studio recording gig. When you are actually in a recording studio with a client and a director, you're in your own little booth and you must have headphones on or you cannot hear what they're asking you to do. So that's the worst time to be getting used to wearing headphones is if you're dumped into a studio situation. You don't want that to be the first time 
you've put headphones on because it'll be weird. It'll throw you off your game, and then your client's going to wonder, did I hire an amateur because now they're freaking out. So make sure that you get used to what your voice sounds like with headphones on. Now, one thing about the headphones I want to mention, try to get away from consumer-grade headphones. What I mean by that is, and consumer-grade headphones, I don't mean to make them sound like they're cheap or awful. They're actually way more expensive when you start to get into these fancy headphones, these noise-canceling headphones and gaming headphones. My goodness, they are very expensive. Do not spend several hundred bucks on headphones, especially consumer-grade noise-canceling headphones. You want to make sure that you're picking up studio-quality headphones, something they're called professional studio quality. And the reason that's important is that they don't manipulate the audio in any way, shape, or form. Why do you not want that to happen? Because you want to hear exactly what you've laid down on that track. You don't want noise-canceling stuff happening. You want to hear every click. You want to hear every breath. You want to hear every piece of mouth noise so that you can clean that up before you send your audio to your client. So uh, studio quality headphones is what you're after. And that's pretty much it. Now, the other thing that you're going to need, that's the hardware that you need. We'll go over that again really quickly here. You want a condenser mic with an XLR cable with an audio interface, with a mic stand, with a pop filter, and professional studio headphones. Bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, ba, bam. That's the hardware. Now, what you want to do for software is you've got to have a good recording and editing software to load onto your computer, some way to record audio. There's tons of them out there. There are so many different types of uh, recording and editing software, some that are very expensive and some that are free. I would say to you this, um, for now, you know, I would recommend Audacity. Audacity, A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, is a wonderful, easy recording and editing software. I'm actually recording on Audacity right now because it's simple. Uh, I don't have to mix a bunch of tracks on here. Uh, my post-production, I will probably import this audio somewhere else to add music and my intro and my outro and clean things up, but uh, it's a pretty easy software. Try to make sure that you're not spending a ton of money on recording and editing softwares. You don't have to because remember, you're just recording your voice, okay? And Audacity is very easy to learn too. There's a, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to learn. So make sure that you're getting something that isn't going to really make you scream and have a litter of kittens because it's hard. And there are some really hard ones out there. Think of it like this. Recording and editing software is very much like a car. So if somebody says, all right, well, you got to go get a car. And you're like, well, what kind of car do I need? They, they all do the same thing. They all get you from A to Z. But the cup holder might be in a different spot or the seat lever might be in a different spot. And some cars are more expensive than others. So all recording and editing programs, for the most part, do the same thing. Just make sure that you're choosing something that's easy and isn't going to be expensive. And by the way, if I didn't mention it, Audacity is free. It's free. So you can go download that and play with that. So that is the equipment chain that you need to set up. You do not need to soundproof your house. Let me talk about that very quickly. Soundproofing is different than acoustic treatment. All right, I want you to think about soundproofing 
is where I'm trying to prevent noise from coming into my house. For instance, earlier before I recorded today, my neighbor was using a chainsaw. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to have to wait and do my podcast till he's done with his chainsaw. Because I would I would have to pour concrete around my house to soundproof it. I can't, I can't soundproof it. So I just have to wait for him to be quiet. He also loves his riding lawnmower in the summer. I have to always wait for him to be done with that. It's okay. He's not riding his lawnmower 12 hours a day. So um, it's fine. I can work around that. Acoustic treatment is is when you have noise inside the room. And what I mean by that is... If you've ever been in a big room that had a lot of hard surfaces, glass, tile, steel, those hardwood floors, it can be very echoey. And that's because the your voice is bouncing off of all those hard surfaces. It's just going doing, doing all over the room. That's what you want to try to avoid. And Having an acoustically friendly room means you've got uh, moving blankets or acoustic panels or some sort of noise-absorbing material. Now, you don't have to go to a lot of trouble to treat an entire room. You can treat a corner of your room. Uh, One of the things that I did when I was on the road um, teaching is I ordered a ton of extra blankets and pillows from the front desk, in which they would look at me like, what does she need all these pillows for? And what I was doing was setting up a little makeshift sound acoustic booth where my voice would not be ricocheting off of the the ceiling. You can use your walk-in closet if you like. That's a great place because you've got clothing in there. If you've got room for your microphone, set up a little light in there, and you can uh, do your recording in there. That's a great sound booth. I had a friend once who she has she has uh, lots of uh, little boys, like three of them. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of little boys. And they get very rowdy and rambunctious, and she had a deadline for a voiceover <laughs> she had to do. She just couldn't corral them and keep them quiet while she was trying to get this this job done. So she actually went out to the garage with her laptop and her microphone, got in her car. She had a brand new car, which if you've ever been in a new car, they are, you can't hear anything outside. They are meant to be quiet when they're on the road. So you don't hear road noise or anything. So she just got in her car. She didn't go anywhere. I mean, that would be absurd. She didn't drive around and do her voiceover. She just sat in the garage in her nice little quiet car and recorded her voiceover. Then she went back inside and she edited everything. She didn't need it quiet to edit, but she needed it to be quiet for her to record. So you can find all sorts of solutions on how to get good, nice, clean, quiet audio and not have to go to a lot of expense, okay? So just know the difference between soundproofing and acoustic treatment. And again, you guys, this shouldn't cost you thousands of dollars uh, to put together. Good broadcast quality equipment should not run you more than a few hundred dollars. Don't let anybody talk you into spending more than that. I mean, it's not it's none of my business how much you spend on microphones and whatever. My point is this. You do not have to spend a million dollars to sound like a million dollars. 
All right, go have fun getting your equipment set up. That's what I have for you this time. I will talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Hello VO, I'd love to talk to you. So take advantage of booking a short one-on-one consultation call with me. I'll evaluate your voice and give you some guidance on voiceovers. So head to lisafoster.com and click the Voice Evaluations tab. It's free. I'll send you a link to grab a spot on my calendar so we can talk about talking. 